I am Andrea Butcher, and this is Being at Work. Being a leader is hard. So on this show, I set out to talk with experienced leaders to learn from their pivotal moments, how they led through the challenges we can all relate to but are often unheard. Today's episode highlights Dennis Martin, President, Individual Life and Financial Services at One America. Dennis is a visionary. Today, he's in the role that he set out to get 20 years ago. Throughout his career, he's been incredibly deliberate and intentional. So he was taken aback a bit when the moment arose to move into the role he's in today. He realized through candid feedback that he wasn't as ready as he thought. Dennis chose to lean into and embrace the feedback. His openness is so refreshing and inspiring. Listen in as he describes his journey and what he learned about himself when he chose to be vulnerable. I came to One America 10 years ago to Indianapolis, which was a great move for me. It's been a fabulous move for my family, uh, and, and the company has done great. It's been a great opportunity for me. And continue to expand my, my role and my knowledge and, and my experience as part of that, uh, always with a goal to, to achieve and kind of sit in the seat that, I, that I'm in today. Yeah. And, you know, as we talked and I shared with you before, Andrea, despite all of that 20 years of preparation and charting and saying, this is where I kind of know I want to get to, uh, we had a change at One America in January of of last year of 18 that was a little bit unexpected. And all of a sudden, the opportunity that uh, I'd been sort of seeking and looking for for my whole career was in my lap, in a sense, in terms of opportunity and you had not expected that? <clears throat> had not expected it at the time. And, and so certainly that has its own impact when anything unexpected happens in organizations. That can be a challenge for everybody, uh, but it's also then an opportunity uh, in that situation. And what's really interesting, you know, I always have a bit of Boy Scout in me of, you know, it's out, you know always be prepared, you know, or better <laughs> to be prepared for opportunity, not have one. And, and yet, despite 20 years of what I thought was preparing, when the moment actually arrived, I, I wasn't as ready as I thought I was or would have liked to be uh, in that moment, which was interesting. And, and most of those, the readiness for me was not so much on did I know enough about the business or to understand it and have the, the different dynamics in my head around how the business runs. It was much more about the leadership capacity behaviors that were required. And so in January, I was put into the acting role, uh, acting an acting role in, in the job I'm in today. And we went through a process as a company and we had uh, interviews and executive you know, analysis and all those things that, that they go through, including internal and external candidates. Mm-hmm. And so I also got a lot of feedback during that time. One America, we have a saying that, you know, feedback is a gift. Um, <laughs> Not always a gift you ask for. And it felt like it was Christmas <laughs> in February for me uh, in the sense of all of a sudden I, I got a lot of feedback. And it was extremely, you know, humbling, but enlightening at the same time. Uh, you know, so often when it comes to feedback, uh, we're sort of naturally resistant to it because we're to the extent it's constructive or, or critical, depending on how you receive it and how you choose to receive it, uh, you, know, you tend to sometimes want to just brush it off and push it away because you don't want to show that weakness or vulnerability because you're trying to achieve or get ahead. And, and uh, I think in, in so many ways, that vulnerability has been something that lots of us resist or, or think makes us look weak or whatever the terminology is. And so I just found during that time, uh, two things. One, the perception of me in a sort of leadership capacity uh, was much different than I thought I was projecting and got a lot of feedback in terms of style and perception and, and uh, what people thought of me or how I would show up and, and behave every day and, and how they would see me as a leader in that context. And it was really, uh, again, enlightening, humbling. And I just decided and chose to take it 
uh, and be vulnerable with it and to see how I could uh, adapt or, or think about showing up differently. Literally starting from day one, just kind of was almost an about shift from sort of being very conscious about how people might perceiving me, not just do I know, am I right? What's the course of action we should take? Should I drive for that? Uh, I much more learned to soften around that and think about how do I help bring others in, help to get things done, even if I know what they are or think I know, what's the value of bringing others along and getting them in the, in the mix and helping people see that side of me. And through that whole process, I mean, I, I had so much feedback of, you know, how different I was, how I'm showing up differently. And yet I felt like I didn't change at all other than slight course changes, behavioral shifts that uh, had this massive uh, impact on perception. And some of that is just because people see you willing to change and adapt. I think that was part of it, right? It doesn't take a lot sometimes mm. uh, for people to actually perceive that difference because it's the effort that Absolutely. people see and perceive that, that made all the differences. It's how I look back on it. In the moment, don't know if I could have articulated all of this, but it was just something that almost came natural. And I think part of that really was uh, rooted in the fact that I really, really wanted the job. This is what I wanted. It was where I was headed. And so that kind of willingness to do what it takes, which sometimes is not manual effort and hard work and, and driving through stuff. It's actually slowing down, looking around, taking more people in and kind of thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I very much had been a, a driver type and, and trying to get things done. That was uh, often think of myself as a catalyst in a, in, a, in a historical context. And a big part of that now is different in terms of how you show up and how you get things done. So that was kind of that journey. I'm not, hopefully that's making some sense to you. I feel mm -hmm. like I'm reaching for words there, mm -hmm. but it was a really interesting time. I think I probably had more development in six months than I probably had in the past six years. Mm -hmm. uh, How was that, thinking. that for you personally going through that six month process? You know, it, it was really energizing in a way. Once you kind of get over, sort of get over the fact that people are going to give you this constructive feedback and maybe the perception of you wasn't all you wanted it to be. Yeah. Uh, and you kind so of learn. That, so you were getting that feedback was built into the six month process. Yeah, absolutely. You know, right at the beginning, you know, I think in many ways, I think people felt, okay, we know, you know, the business, we know, you know, these things and we know yeah. you have the relationships, but you know, do you have the leadership skills to really step up? And I think that was uh, because people, I think wanted that. And, and we're really focusing on having internal growth and development and at One America. So obviously that's a, a big win when you can find somebody internally who understands your culture, understands your company, but they have to be able to step into the role and, and kind of take you where you need to go. So that was really what I needed to prove, I guess, but in a way folks were cheering for me. So that always helped. Uh, and so I sort of accepted that at face value that they were cheering and the, all the input was yeah. given to me as, as positive. You know, they really were gifts if you want to think of the earlier reference. And so you just, I kind of just chose that and, and went after it. So, but it was again hard at first when you started saying, hold on, because you kind of punish yourself for all the stuff you thought you should have done better in the past. Uh, but rather than do that, just say, here's where I am today uh, and let's go forward with this. And Give us an example. What were a couple of the areas of improvement? Probably listening. One of the biggest feedback points, you know, as a, as a sort of technical expert, I think I see or I hope I do see solutions pretty quickly. And sometimes one just drive through that and jump through different aspects of it. And, and so sometimes that drive tends to me to push through things and not be listened as much from others and kind of take in additional viewpoints and things like that, then uh, that can be helpful. And, and even to the, you know, even if the right answer is known up front, how long folks will come in and participate and not mm. uh, you know, sort of jumping in or cutting off with that eager kind of achievement, let's just get going attitude. I think just that whole point of, how do you approach things and, and just behavior? So 
you need to get the same outcomes and you need to achieve them in a different way as a leader because you can't do them yourself. You have to think about how to bring people in. So I, you know, really listening is something I've been getting feedback on uh, for a lot of my career. Hey, be patient, go through. Uh, and I think expertise can be a barrier to that if you think you know. Uh, and you got to learn to listen and appreciate the perspectives others bring because everyone has blind spots, right? Nobody has seen it all uh, in that context. So that was really helpful for me in that point. So that's probably the most is just yeah. listen and, and don't yeah. talk over people. Make sure you invite them in and kind of have that relationship. And I also think that the, there was a perception that was um, very much of a rigidity. I had a belief and I was a certain kind of person and that that was just based on exposure. People hadn't seen enough of me to understand how I would behave or adapt or shift and, and be open to feedback and actually incorporate it and go forward. And that was on me because uh, I didn't build those relationships before. Uh, this opportunity. And so I shared with you earlier, I kind of thought this was a path I was on, but I might have another two, two or three years before I would get there. And in any situation, it's better to have relationships before you need them. Uh, and, and this is a case where I just hadn't done the work, uh, meeting with the people and having lunch or, or doing those things in advance. And, you know, relationships are one of those things you have to work on. And it doesn't always take much, but it does take something. Folks only had experience with me in meetings or certain instances and not in different settings. And so I think that was part of it is just more exposure and let people see who you are and how that works. That was another, I don't know if that was a shift for me, but I do think it was very intentional that I sort of looked for moments uh, or created moments uh, where I thought we, people could see or experience that, not because it was artificial, but because I wanted that's sort of natural for me in mm -hmm. terms of trying to understand how to engage with people. Well, so, and that's an interesting point because you said earlier, these weren't like major changes for you. They were tweaks. So in some ways, it sounds like Dennis even getting back to more of who you are naturally. You know, very much. I think that, well, I'm not sure I would have said this, but in some ways, you know, I've always been, you know, in a fairly a strong advisory capacity in every role I've been in. So I would, you know, a number two kind of person to, to the leader uh, on a business and, and strategy side. That's always been kind of where I found myself probably going back 15 years. And that has its you know, good things and you get to be involved in a lot of things, but uh, you're always trying to help others convince and see what they want to do. As a leader, I found very much all of a sudden, I that that's not there. I can have more um, influence and direction very clearly or easily on where we should go. Still have to bring others with me and help them along and get it affirmed. But that part, uh, kind of this became more natural for me to kind of be there because I have a good sense and feeling on, on the business side. But so it was almost getting back to just who I was and remembering that as opposed to trying to navigate the politics and uh, all those kinds of things, which uh, are, are kind of in every organization. Uh, and I think that's one thing as a leader, I'm really striving to try to move aside a bit. There's always going to be some level of, of politics if you want to think about it, mm -hmm. but we've been very focused as a leadership group at One America and, and uh, to try to minimize those aspects of it and create just good dialogue, uh, the right degree of transparency, you know, obviously mm -hmm. confidentiality, confidentiality and those kind of things is, is important when you're at high levels, but there are certain things that are just better to let's get them on the table. Let's talk through things as opposed to let them kind of uh, fester uh, and go uh, untalked about. So just like in any relationship, if you don't talk about things, they, they don't get better, they get worse. So I, I think those are you know, efforts, but some of that was just very natural. I'm not really one to like unresolved conflict. I like to have things settled either way. And so it was very much natural, uh, I think, uh, in ways that I maybe didn't expect. Certainly, you know, 
it felt natural from the beginning. I don't want to say it was easier, but it was different for sure mm-hmm. than where I'd been and maybe what I expected. So fast forward a year, I'm curious to hear about the impact that's had on your relationships and your team. You know, first of all, uh, I haven't been there for 10 years. I had, I was really part of a, a really strong team. So I had a great team. And you knew them well. And I knew them well and, and they knew me well. And so that, that helps because you really have a strong trust in who they are and what their intent is and all those kinds of things. So there was no that kind of warming up period of, you know, who is Dennis and what, what do I think of him? We had a pretty solid foundation to build on. That was true across my whole team. The challenge then, of course, is I go from being a teammate to, uh, to a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that requires some transition on a couple of fronts. Obviously, one part is me having to you know, do less and, and influence more. In fact, I have sort of adopted for a saying for myself, you know, if I'm doing something, uh, I'm not doing my job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in a sense, um, it's probably a little bit extreme, but it helps me kind of think about it. Mm-hmm. But then also having been that person who was sort of a number two and in the middle of a lot of things and, and really responsible for a lot of you know, triangulating and, and strategy development across different things and bringing some of the, th- the different challenges together and finding solutions, I had to sort of learn how to step away and challenge others to do that and, and let them do that. I think that was one of the hardest things is, uh, and I think probably for the first few months, at least, uh, and it probably still happens today, the temptation to drop down and solution and mm. uh, and try to help everyone uh, and solve it for them is, is still high for me because uh, that's sort of where I kind of cut my teeth in the business. And it was one of the things that gave me a lot of advantages. But as I get more experience in that, I see that the power of inquiry, asking, looking to them, mm-hmm. expecting them to have the answers. I think that's a term I've used for myself. That power of inquiry as a leader is much uh, is really high, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to telling. Uh, asking is is uh, uh, is pretty powerful because that mm-hmm. gives people that opening to say what they think, even if you want to tell. Uh, I think resisting that's important. See that work well, and that goes hand in hand then with your listening. Yeah. Right. So you're naturally asking more questions yeah. to enable others to come up with solutions. Yeah. It's all connected. Isn't it? It's all connected. You know, I think the other part, uh, you know, my relationships at my peer level now with my other senior leadership is continuing to grow and evolve. And I think that that trust, number one, seeing the responsiveness in the first six months was what people wanted to see to get started. But continuing that uh, has been something that we've really focused on, too. It's great. In that time frame, everybody was you know, looking to for this all to come through a certain way and we're kind of pulling towards that. But as you get back into more of a, I'll call settled state. The realities and challenges of your business, the conflicts that emerge on resources and different things always come back, right? That's the reality of business. And so we've been very conscious uh, as a group to uh, really try to keep the just the relationship strong around that and, and not let some of the, the, the temptations that creep in on those things, you know, uh, that we stay as a, as a cohesive as a group, that we really look at the uh, all the facts on the table. We put things out there and don't create, you know, alliances and those kind of things because that's really important. And that's important, not just for us, but, you know, um, I'm a firm believer that everything starts at the top. And if uh, we don't model it and, and do it, then we should have no expectation that others will do so. You know, it's, uh, don't, you, can't, you can't say do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Um, we have to kind of embody that and lead that way. And we're fortunate to have you know good uh, leadership on that front and a good group, I think, who kind of all is on the same page there. And we're all relatively new leaders now. I think we have in our senior leadership group of eight. We have, I think, five or six that are uh, newer to the company uh, and new to this role and this level uh, at the same time. So a mm-hmm. lot of sort of, seems cliche, but next generation type leaders, probably mostly Gen X, 
Yeah. Uh, which is a bit of a, you know, I think I may have shared with you when I met. That's sort of a transition that you can observe, I think, going on in a lot of corporate America is that sort of mm-hmm. generational shift from baby boom to Gen X. And, and that has yet to be seen implications, but I think people do think a bit differently in that regard and, and certainly have different experiences and perspectives to bring to the, to the job. Well, and certainly the kind of we're in this together right. attitude then since you're all experiencing that transition right. yeah. as a team. Yeah, I think that's pretty powerful. We're all sort of feeling our way through at the same time and, and probably makes you more apt to be able to, you know, uh, lend a hand or throw a rope when you think people need it because uh, you never know when you're going to need one mm-hmm. in that context. And give grace since you're learning grace together. Grace is a really good word. I like that. So I want to go back to something you said at the beginning that has really struck me. You said that you set out to get the job that you're in today 20 years ago. So clearly you're a visionary in a lot of, <laughs> in a lot of ways. I, I'm, I just would love to learn more about that. Is it the kind of work you're doing? Is it leading a big organization? Like, what do you mean by you set out to get the kind of job you're in today? Yeah. I'm not sure I've tried to articulate it before, but I'll, you know, so I, uh, you know, I gave my background early. I started off as an actuary uh, in, in the insurance side, which is a very technical role. And you know, it's a very important role in, in the business, but it typically has been more of a technician or technical side of that. And early on in my career, uh, you know, I'm a fairly social person, like to be involved in things, uh, played a lot of uh, college sports, just sort of had this uh, opportunity to go into uh, sort of marketing uh, and, and sales role, working with folks in our distribution, uh, kind of seeing what it is that we do as a business, you know, not just measuring it or, or looking at the financials or, or those parts of it. And for me, that was engaging right from the beginning. So that opportunity came to me in 1997. And right away, I knew that I wanted to take all that I knew about how the business worked and the financials. And I had spent a lot of time trying to learn that. Uh, I say curiosity is probably one of my traits, and it's something I actually recruit to. Um, I think people who are curious and passionate are always going to be successful somehow, somewhere. So I had spent a lot of time learning kind of the, you know, uh, the knee bone sector, the thigh bone, so to speak, in insurance context, but really hadn't spent much time understanding the business that we were in, how we generate revenue. Uh, sort of the efforts that go in on the field, how we reach people uh, in their homes or over the kitchen table back then. And certainly mm-hmm. it's evolved over time. But for me, that just seeing the breadth of that just engaged me. How does all this stuff work together? And rather than, you know, be a really great actuary, and, you know, which I probably could have done some things there, I really decided I wanted to try to blend all that together yeah. and really kind of see. So it was really an intellectual, I think, desire to a certain extent but also just the affinity of working with the people and the sales teams and across that different folks and getting just that kind of interaction was really just compelling for me. And just yeah. in terms of part, it was a good mix of who I am naturally mm-hmm. and what engages me intellectually mm-hmm. is probably, uh, and then just, you know, without necessarily having a destination in mind, knowing that I, uh, you know, this comes from just my raw upbringing, just achievement oriented work ethic and, uh, Never knew how high I would go, but just knew I always had to do the best I could, uh, whatever that meant. And that was where I say the steps I took, I think, were deliberate, intentional, but I felt they still continued to feed that mix of, of technical acumen and business growth and exposure and development uh, without knowing exactly how far that would take me. But it was those, not that helped, but that's kind of how I sort of got on that path. And it's just been, you know, uh, if you don't know much about our industry, it's, it's very rewarding uh, for, for many, many people who do well. And, and it's very rewarding to see the, the people that we help along the way and the tragedies that we, we sort of help soften at a minimum, right? When think bad things happen to people, 
we're the ones bringing checks uh, to help people in that context. So that little kind of social side of it too, and the value bring was pretty powerful for me because I do like to see help people in that context. So it was more than just math and being smart and making money. It was kind of bringing all those things together uh, was part of it. So yeah, so I hear like good collection <clears throat> of a lot of strengths, yeah. natural strengths, and very purposeful yeah. work as well. Yeah. So if you could go back to Dennis Martin 20 years ago and give him any advice, what advice would you give? <laughs> That's a good question. I would uh, probably tell myself to really take the feedback a lot more seriously. Uh, you know, that's just older self to younger self. And probably we're all that way, you know, in, in our 20s, we're invincible and, you know, we're, we're all world beaters and we know what we're going to do. <laughs> um, but for me, that sort of... And I still have to work on this today, by the way. So by no means am I uh, mastered any of these things. But that power of listening and learning and just being more attentive to people, I just it has the potential to help you in just every aspect of your life, not just your career, but it helps you with obviously with your spouse, but with your kids too. Learning to listen, not tell, and with your relationships. You know, for me, it's just uh, something that when I get in that moment and make sure I'm conscious and listening more. And I do have a little thing in my notebook. It says, listen, learn, and think before you speak. Mm. Uh, I try to keep some cues in front of me. Uh, talk about having a little note card in my um, folio that I carry around that says, listen, learn, and think, then speak, and always ask first. So I've kind of added on to that over time uh, in terms of ways I think are powerful because it's important, I think, to put cues in your visual space or to, to prod yourself um, because we all have strong muscle memory and we've regressed to our default styles or behaviors really quickly if we don't kind of work on that consciously. So little things like that, I'm sure, you know, you can, lots of ways to do it. But for me, that's something I just try to do. And in the moment I can look back and think, oh, I didn't do that. Well, okay. I'm not perfect, but you're, you kind of recall that self uh, and how you do those things. So for me, that's something I try to work on all the time listening. I would so tell my old self, really try to listen more and, and think about the development side. I think technical development is something we can all latch on to quickly because we can, number one, it's self-driven. You can do it yourself. You can take care of it. But leadership skills and behaviors, you can't learn those yourself. You have to be interacting with people and get feedback and have experiences and provide experiences, right? People generate their beliefs about you based on their experience with you, not based on what you intended it to be, but what they perceive it to be. So you have to really be conscious of that. And I've been fortunate in my career to have worked with a lot of different types. You know, I started off in a technical field, but then worked a lot with more salespeople and uh, marketing people for early on in my career, which really gave me some great opportunities and had some great mentors who really got me to think outside of my, can't analyze people's behavior. You have to kind of feel uh, kind of in the gut kind of thing uh, and, and kind of work through some of that too. So, Yeah, I think that this is so relatable, what you're sharing today. That there are two specific things that, that I'm taking away from our conversation, Dennis. The first is just your your choice to be vulnerable. So you have this vision. This is the role, the kind of work I want to be doing. You know, you get to a place where that becomes an opportunity that's right in front of you, and you chose to be vulnerable. And you said, like, I wasn't I wasn't quite prepared for it. So you leaned into that, well, I'm going to have to learn here in this moment how to be better. So choosing to be vulnerable and then taking really seriously the feedback that you've gotten, you know, the power of listening and learning and you've built reminders for yourself. And 
clearly it's having impact on the work that you're doing and the relationships that you have, not just at work, but at home as well. Sure. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, I've learned, you know, my daughters are in college, but you probably learned as much about being a leader and a manager by raising kids and the things that you know, are all kind of basic and they kind of tell it like it is. And so I think there's a lot of things that are parallel for sure. And it's helped me in a lot of ways uh, in that regard too. You yeah. can't, especially as they get to the age they're at, you can't oversteer, right? You just have to uh, kind of work along and you, I still do my dad advice and tell my dad jokes, but, mm-hmm. um, but you have to kind of let them find their way and, uh, and they do. Well, and I'm constantly, as a mom, reminding myself, like, my role is to model the way. So am I leading the life that I want her to live? Right. So as we, as we conclude, Dennis, thank you so much for being a part of Being at Work. If our listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? You can always reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm out there. That's easy enough. You can find me on there. Uh, or you can send me an email, uh, DennisStartMartin at OneAmerica.com. Uh, happy to hear from you. And, and Share anecdotes and, and ways to get better. Great. Awesome. What is it? Listen, learn, think. and think. Yeah. Before you speak. Okay. There you go. We'll <laughs> leave it at that. Thanks, Dennis. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a Being at Work story.